Hey friends, what's up? Welcome back to Babel on Talmud. Today we're studying Daf Vav of Masechta Erevin, Daf 6, on our journey through Erevin. Um, let's do an outline of the page. So the first kind of, I don't know, bunch of the Daf talks about breaches in the side of a Mavoy. How large can that breach be before it becomes a problem? Um, then we get into the discussion of a Mavoy Hamifulash up until now. All of the mavuis we've been discussing were discussing were mavui sasums, um, uh, closed closed mavuis, right? Mavuis that are dead ends, so they're open on one end to the rishus but the other end is a dead end. What if they're open on both ends to rishus to two parallel rishus So, um, how what what do you have to do in order to be able to carry in there? Can you just put up one lechi? Is that enough? Put up one lechi at one end. Well, let's find out. Um, yeah, that's like the main thrust. Let's just say that's the main thrust of the daf. Friends, let's let's get started. Um, all the way at the bottom of daf, hey, Amud Beis, two lines from the bottom, Amr of Chanan Barava. Amr Rav says of Chanan Barava in the name of Rav. So if you have a Mavoy, okay? So, I'm at our regular old Mavoy, got Main Street, turn off of Main Street into your alleyway. On either side of the alleyway, you can go into a Chatzar, dead end in the back, standard Mavoy. Actually, I take that back just a tiny bit. Not standard Mavoy for the most part. But in this Mavoy, there's actually one additional piece, which is that it's a very wide Mavoy, okay? It's 20 Amis wide. And therefore, as the Mishnah told us on Daf Bezimud Aleph, the first Mishnah said that if it's larger than 10 Amis, you gotta, if it's wider than 10 Amis, you gotta shrink it. So what they did was they built a wall 10 Amis, right? So the, the Mavui was 20 Amis wide. Then they built a wall 10 Amis wide to, you know, so that, um, now the width of the Mavui is no longer wider than 10 Amis. Um, so, 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 what Hanan, what Rav Hanan by Rava seems to be saying in the name of Rav is that Mavu Shenifrat's Mitzido, that if you have a Mavui that there is a breach in the wall from one of the side walls, well then Be'eser. Well, as long as it's, um, uh, within 10, um, I think, I believe it's 10 Amis or less. I think it would have to be more than 10 Amis in order to, uh, disqualify it, but as long as it's 10 amos or less of a breach, well then, um, the mavui remains acceptable. However, if in this wall that they built in the front of the mavui, in order to shrink the width they, um, of the opening, there is a breach, well then, the breach can only have a maximum size of um, you know, it has to be less than four tfachim. Once it's four tfachim, it's already going to be a problem. Now, the Gemara asks, Ma'ishna mitzido be'eser de'amar pischahu me'roshonami name of pischahu. But the Gemara wants, the Gemara asks, why should there be a difference between the side wall and the front wall? It's a wall. If we say with the side wall that if there is a breach of ten amis, it's acceptable. Because we just, as the Gemara says, Pischahu, it's a Pesach, as opposed to a Pirza. If it's more than 10 Amis, then it's a Pirza, then it's a breach. As long as it's 10 Amis or less, it's a Pesach, it's a doorway. So how come in the side it's considered a doorway, yet when it comes to this front wall, you only have up to four Tfachim? What's the difference? Why is one a Pesach and one's a Pirza? Right? Why do you, if you have, let's say, a five Amma breach in the wall is it considered a Pesach, yet that same five Amma breach in the front is considered a Pirza because it's more than four Tfachim. So, Amr of Huna Breder of Yoshua says of Huna Breder of Yoshua, he says, you're right. You're a thousand percent right. Kigon she nifratz bekeren zavis, the Pischa bekeren zavis lo avde inche. When, um, Rav Khanan by Rava says in the name of Rav that in the front you have uh, only up to a four tfachim, but if the breach is four tfachim, it's a problem. It doesn't mean on the front wall. If you built a wall on the front, then the wall on the front is no different than the wall on the sides. 
And as long as it's 10 amis or less, it'll be considered a doorway, not a breach. When Rav Hanun bar says in the name of Rav, that once a breach is for Tfachim, it is a problem. It's talking about on the corners, like we saw Rav Yosef mentioned the corners the other day. Was it yesterday already? Was it the day before? Who can remember anymore? Maybe it was yesterday already. Um, I think it was yesterday. So, so yeah, exactly, it was yesterday. So, talking about the corners, right? If you have, um, uh, so you have this mavoy, and there are 90 degree angles, and if in one of the corners there becomes a breach, that's for Amis, uh, for Tfachim, so then that would be considered a breach because people don't normally make a Pesach in the corner. People make a Pesach in, you know, the, you know, within the length of the wall. They're not usually going to make the Pesach in the corner. And therefore, if there's a breach in the corner, the size of for Tfachim, that is already, go, already going to passel the Mavui. However, if there's a breach in one of the side walls or even in the front wall, you have up to uh, 10 Amis. It would still be considered a Pesach. Beseder. Friends, what's the main point of Rav Hanan Barava in the name of Rav? That when you have a Mavui and you have a breach in the Mavui, then, you know, forget about the walls, the, the corners, right? Just in the wall, you have a breach in the Mavui. So that breach can be um, 10 Amos or less. More than 10 Amis, it's a Pirza and it causes problems. But 10 Amis or smaller is a uh, Pesach and that's acceptable. According to Rav Hanan by Rava in the name of Rav. Rav Huna Amar, now Rav Huna argues on Rav Hanan by Rava. And he says, And he says, no. When it comes to a breach in a mavui, whether it's the corner, whether it's the front, whether it's the back, whether it's the sides, for tfachim, that's it. If there is a breach in a mavui, for tfachim or more, problem, it's going to be a problem for your mavui. And guess what Rav Huna said to Rav Hanan by Rava? Lo tiflog alai. Don't argue on me. Rafuna says to Afhan Baravi, he says, Don't argue on me. Because Rav, and after all, we know that Rafuna was a student of Rav. It was Taka Gemara and Shabbos somewhere. It said explicitly, Rafuna was a student of Rav. The, you know, he's one of like the main students of Rav. Rav Hanun Bar Rav, I think he may have just been a child of Rav, which is interesting because there was Taka, a note. There was Taka, a note. Where was this note? Hmm, where was this note? I had certainly highlighted it. It was like an interesting note somewhere that said that, um, here it is. And the family base. There's a note that says, "Dafilu Rava lo Rav Huna." That Rava would have never. It was Dafkan Hamud base. There's a note over there that says that Rava would have never have seen Rav Huna. So let alone his son Rav Hanan. So it's interesting that, interesting that they're arguing and that they're talking to each other. Unless Rav Hanan by Rava isn't actually a child of Rava, or I don't know. Friends, back to the Gemara. Rav Huna says to Rav Hanan by Rava. He says, "Lo tiflo galoi." Don't argue on me. Because Rav visited Damcharya and there was a breach in their Mavoy and it was less than 10 Amis but more than 4 Tfachim and he said it's a problem. So Rav Huna says, you see, Rav, you know, what I'm saying is really Rav's opinion. To which Rav Hanan by Rav responds to Rav Huna and he says, Rav Bikamatsa Vagadur Begeder. Rav was just, he found the field with a breach in the wall and he was fixing it. Meaning, don't get confused by the breach in the wall and the breach in the mother. It, it's a metaphor. Um, Hanim by Rav was just saying that the people in Damcharya were shtikol amaratzim. People in Damcharya, uh, Rav was concerned that if he would tell them that it's a kosher uh, breach, meaning, again, this is Rav Hanim by Rav responding to Rav Huna regarding that story that happened in Damcharya where there was a breach the size of four Tfachim in their Mavoy, and Rav said that it's a problem. Avchanan Barava says that really Rav's opinion is that a breach in the wall of a Mavoy is up until, you know, it has to be more than 10 Amis. 
the breach in order for it to be a problem. So how do you explain what he passed in for the people of Damcharya? The people in Damcharya were Amoratsim. They weren't uh, very makbid on halacha. And therefore as a siag, as a, uh, as a, um, as like a fence around the Torah, as a precaution, Rav told them that even though the breach is only for Tfachim, he said that they have to fix it and it's a problem. But, says Rav Khan Barava, if it was in a more learned place, the fact of the matter is that the halacha is that a breach, as long as it's 10 Amis or less, would be acceptable. Okay, that's the machlokas between Rav Khan Barava and Rav Huna regarding a breach in the wall of a Mavui. Now says Rav Nachman Bar Yitzchak that it makes sense to say that Rav Huna is the correct opinion over here. That a breach in the wall of a Mavoy that is four Tfachim wide would already be considered a breach according to Rav. How come? The Itmar, it was stated, Mavoy Akum. A slanted mavoi. Who can tell me what a slanted mavoi is? So a slanted mavoi. So if you look on page 6a, I'm going to try to hopefully keep the numbers here when I take the photos. Also, uh, I hope that these uh, diagrams are effective. If they're not so easy to see or to read or whatever, maybe we could find a better solution. But um, anyways, this um, diagram is here on um, the 6A1 in the art scroll, we're talking about the uh, bottom right diagram. Now, as you can see, we're talking about a mavoi that is in L shape, kind of like an inverted L, but it's an L shaped mavoi, right? Basically, in this diagram, you can see that you have, um, let's say, a mavoi on the south side of this sort of collection of chatseros and stuff. So you have, let's say, um, Main Street that is running um, east-west, okay, and therefore it's basically going to be running on the south side of this square Chatzir area. Now you can turn northward into this Mavoy, okay, into this alleyway, go all the way to the end, and then make a left to turn westward towards another and exit on another Rishasarabim on Main Street on Main Street two which is going north-south, right? So basically you have a um, Mavoy that is in an L shape. You can turn off of Main Street into this Mavoy, walk all the way to the end, make a left, and then exit um, the Mavoy on Main Street too. So you can basically turn off of Main Street on the south side of this enclosure, walk northward to the end, make a left, and then exit the Mavoy on the west side of this enclosed area. I hope that that was clear enough. Um, but if you're looking at the diagram, then you know exactly what I'm talking about. So basically the idea here is that we actually treat this, treat this as two separate mavois. Okay. We don't treat this as one long L-shaped mavoi. We treat this as two mavois. We have the one mavoi that, um, right, uh, turns off of, we'll call them, I guess, Main Street 1 and Main Street 2. So you have one Mavoy that you turn off of Main Street 1 and you walk through that alleyway till the end of it, till the end, of, until you get to the corner. That's Mavoy number one. And then Mavoy number two is, you know, you turn off of Main Street 2 into that Mavoy and then you work, walk till that one till you get to the corner. And then they, um, you know, meet in the, at the corner. Okay, they converge at the corner. So it's ba we basically treat it like two separate Mavoy's that converge at the corner, okay? So, that is what we're talking about. So, Amr of Nachman bar Yitzchak, Kavase, the Rav Huna Mestavra, says of Nachman bar Yitzchak that Lamaise, it um, makes sense to say that Rav Huna has the correct opinion of Rav, which is that a breach in a Mavoy that is four Tfachim wide is already going to consider a breach that uh, would be significant. The itmar, as it was stated, mavui akum, when you have this L-shaped mavui, that it's considered that we basically have two mavuis that converge in a 90 degree angle at the middle. Rav Omar Tarasu Kimifulash. So Rav says that we have to treat each of these two mavuis like they are mavui mefulash, as opposed to mavui sasum, right? A mavui sasum is a dead end mavui. 
Rav says that we don't treat these two mavois as dead-end mavois. Rather, we treat them as open mavois. And we're going to learn later on on this daf what the nafkaminas are, how you can um, set up an open mavoi so that you can carry in that. It's different than the mavoi sasum that we've been talking about until now, that you just put a lechi and a kora. Um, so Rav says that we have to treat these two converging mavois as two mavoi mefulashes. Shmuel uh, says that we can treat each mavoi as a mavoi sasum, as if they are both closed. Which means that to enable carrying in those mavois, all you would have to do is put a lechi on the entrance of each of the two mavois, and you can now carry in those mavois. Now, b'mayaskina. Now, Rav Nachman Yitzchak wants to say, what are we talking about? How, you know, when 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 these two mavois converge, essentially there is a breach in the mavoi, right? Meaning, meaning let's let's just take Main Street one, right, which is at the bottom of the diagram, which runs west, east, and you would turn northward into the Mavui. So, Main Street 1. So, you turn into the Mavui, and you get to the very end. What happens when you get to the very end? There's a big freaking breach over there. A big breach that you can turn left into to go to Mavui number 2. So, clearly, this isn't a completely dead-end Mavui. Right, because there is a big breach at the end of it where you can turn left into the other mavoi. So the question is, how big is this breach that you can walk that you can walk through to get to the second mavoi, to turn left into the second mavoi? If we're saying that this breach, that you know this 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 that the second mavoi that you're turning into is more than ten amis. Then how could Shmuel possibly say that this mavui is a mavui sasum, right? How could Shmuel possibly say that these two mavuis are each considered like a closed mavui if the breach at the end is more than ten amis? Everyone would agree that ten amis already is considered a breach. Rather, it's talking about where it's exactly ten or less, right? Meaning, it's talking about a breach that is less than ten. Amis. And what are we saying? We're saying that according to Rav, right, so we're talking about a, a, a Mavoy, that at the end, the area where you could turn into the next Mavoy is less than 10 Amis, because if it was more than 10 Amis, Shmuel can't possibly say it's a Mavoy Sasum. So we're talking about where it's less than 10 Amis. And still, Rav is saying that it's a Mavoy Mufulash, that this breach is significant and therefore, we have to treat these two mavois like a mav- each one is a mavui mefulash because this breach, even though it's less than 10 amis, is already considered a significant breach. So, Vikama Rav, Torah And Rav is saying that this breach at the end of each mavoi makes them a mavui mefulash. And we prove that it's smaller than 10 amis. Amapirtas mavui mitzido bedalid. So we see that when you have a uh, breach in the side of a mavoi, it is already considered a breach once it's for tfachim. Um, and that is why Rav considers these two converging mavois to each be a mavoi mefulash. Rav Hanan Barava, now Rav Hanan Barava responds and he says, that's a different case. I agree that in that case, Rav would say, that a breach would be considered significant at four tfachim. I agree. Shiny hazim de kabak bakoi be rabim. Lots of people pass through that breach, right? This is right. This this is talking about two converging mavois that you that people walk out of rishusarabim, walk from rishusarabim into this mavoi. There are chaseris that open up into this mavoi. People are walking there. It's common for people to walk through this L-shaped mavoi, and for that reason, Rav Chanan Barav says, I agree. That this breach would already be significant by four tfachim. Rav Chana Barava says, when I say that a breach is only significant once it's more than ten amos, that is in a place where you don't have many people walking through over there. Where there aren't so many people walking through, then the breach can be as wide as ten amos. But then what does that imply? Does that imply then that 
Rav Huna argues on Rav Hanan by Rava and says that even in a place where there aren't many people walking over there, still four Tfachim would be enough to make it a breach. But my shnami to Rabbi Ami, Rabbi Asi. But why should we assume that Rav Huna holds differently than Rabbi Ami and Rabbi Asi? What did we see? What's Rabbi Ami and Rabbi Asi? We saw them yesterday. That with that mavoi, that you walk into it, and there's a korah, and then there's four tfachim of wall, and then a big geshmaka breach. We say that as long as the breach is ten amis or less, so then it's considered a pesach and it's fine. And we have no reason to assume that Rafuna should disagree with that. So, what's going on? Meaning, on the one hand, we have Rav Hanan Barav, who's saying that he agrees that a breach of four tfachim would be significant when it's a place when lots of people walk there and walk through that breach. Rav Hanan Barav, Bar, I don't know if I said Rav Hanan Barav, but I meant Rav Hanan Barav, he's, he, he's arguing that when, that when Rav says that a breach can be 10 up to, you know, up to and including 10 amis wide, that is only where people aren't necessarily going to pass through it all the time. Which implies that Rufuna would say that even people, even in a place where people don't pass through it all the time, let's say because it's inconvenient to get there. So Rufuna would still say that a breach is by fourth fachim. But why should, why should we assume that Rufuna disagrees with Rabbi Amin, Rabbi Asi, who says that when you have a breach in the side of a wall, it can be um, up to and including ten amis wide. So hasam diika gidude gidude. So the Gemara answers that Rafuna does agree with Rabbi Amin, Rabbi Asi, and he does agree that in their case, um, a breach can be up to and including ten amis wide. However, their case was unique. In the case of Rabbi Amin Rabbi Asi, it's talking about where the wall kind of collapsed, but not entirely. There were still three or four tfachim where there were still stones there. And you kind of had to hop the fence. It wasn't super convenient to get into this mavoi. So sure, you can get into the mavoi, but you'd have to, you know, you'd have to do a little, it would take a little bit of effort. So in that case, yeah, Rufuna does agree with Rabbi Amin and Rabbi Asi that it would only be considered a breach if it's wider than 10 amis. Where Rufuna argues that four tfachim would already be significant to be a breach, that is where um, A, it's, um, you know, that, right, that's in a case where it's inconvenient to get there, but also um, once you're there, you could just walk right in. So in that case, he would say that four tfachim would be enough. So both Rav Hanan Bar Rava and Rav Huna agree that if it's a place where lots of people are going to walk through, such as this um, this uh, L-shaped mavui, where people walk through that breach to get from one mavui to the other mavui, well, then fourth fachim is already going to be considered a breach, right? Um, Rav Hanan by Rava and Rav Huna agree that when it comes to a breach in the side of a mavui where it's not very convenient to walk through that breach, well, even Rav Huna is going to admit that the breach can be up to 10 amis wide or to up to and including 10 amis wide as long as it's not so easy to get through that breach such like Rabbi Ami and Rabbi Asi's example when there there was still like three or four tfachim of stone that you'd have to climb over. Where Rav Hanan by Rava and Rav Huna disagree is when you have a breach that is not very convenient to get to this breach, let's say you have to walk through uh, a trashy area or whatever it is. Um, but once you get there, you can walk wa- right in. Rav Huna would say, since you could walk right in, uh, four tfachim would already be considered a breach. Rav Hanan Bairava says, no, since it's difficult to get there, um, it would only be considered a breach if it is larger than 10 amis. Okay, I think that that was the hardest part of today's daf. I think. Let's go weiter. Maybe you guys will tell me later if I was right. So this is interesting. How do you make an Eruv in Rishus Meaning, if you have Rishus and you want to carry there. So like, here is, um, um, oh, okay. Where are we? Okay, yeah, that's fine. Or, you know what? Uh, okay, yeah, we can use this one, fine. 
So, so look at uh, the diagram on 6A3, okay? So you kind of see on the top right, looks kind of like a flag, but basically what you have is you have a road and it's surrounded on both sides by houses. The idea is that you have like a highway that's running through a town, okay? You have a highway, the highway is Rosh Hashanah, and it's running through a town. Um, so basically it's got walls on both sides of the highway, the walls of the town, um, but it's Rosh Hashanah, and you want to be able to carry in that area. So what can you do? Or can you do anything? So right now, at least at this point in the Gemara, the Gemara is assuming that you can theoretically do something to this Rosh Hashanah uh, to make you, to enable you to carry over there. Okay? So the Gemara says, How can you make an Eruv in Rosh Hashanah? How can you do something to this Rosh Hashanah to enable you to carry over there? So So the Tanakhama says, what you would do is, you would remember, it's a highway that's running through a town and there are walls on either side. So what you would do is, on one of the open ends of the, you know, this area that has, you know, a wall, let's say on the east side and the west side. So what you do is you would build a Surah Pesach when you kind of enter into that walled off area. The, the walls on either side. So when you w- come into that area, so then you would build a Tzuras Pesach. Basically, you'd build a post on either side of the entrance with a uh, crossbeam across it. That's a Tzuras Pesach. Then, so um, you'd build on one end a Tzuras Pesach, and then on the other end, you can just have a Lechi or a Kora, and now you would be able to carry in this Rishos Harabim. Chananya Omer, now Chananya quotes Machlokas between Beshamay and Beshila. Beshamay Omrim, O Sedelis Mikan, Videlis Mikan, Shuyotse Vinichnas Noel. So Beshamay is pretty harif. Beshamay says that if you want to carry in this Rishusarabim, you mamash have to put a door on either side, on either open end of this Rishusarabim, and you have to close the door. Basically, completely enclose this area. And if you want to leave, you open the door and you close it behind you. Beisilal is sort of the in-between opinion. So whereas the Tanakhama said you just have to build a Tzuras a Pesach on one side and a Lechi and a Korah on the other. On the other. Beishamai says the Imamish have to build a full door on both sides. Beisilal says you build a door on one side and then on the other side you can have a Lechi or a Korah. Okay? Fine. Zeu, so that's the Machlok between the Tanakhama and Hananya who quotes Beishamai and Beisilal. Now the Gemara asks, Vershus Arabim, Mimi Arva, can you actually make an Eruv in Vershus Arabim? Can, is there anything that you could do in Mamish or Vershus Arabim to enable you to carry Darin? Veratanya, but we learn in a Bryce that Yasser Akinamra Abidal says of Yehuda, Mi Shahayulo Shnebatim Mishne Tzide Vershus Arabim. So if you have a highway, Vershus Arabim, and on either side of the highway you have house, you, have, you know, a guy owns a house on either side. Of, of Rosh Hashanah, right? You can see it in the diagram on um, 6B1 on the top left. You see that road in the middle of uh, the Nevada desert. And right, isn't there like a Gucci store in the middle of like the Nevada desert or something like that? Anyways, so so um, this guy's got a house on either side of the highway. Okay, so let's say he wants to carry there. So you can even see that in that same diagram, a lechi at um, the, um, at the, when you enter into one of the houses, meaning to the area of one of the houses, then a lechi at the other end of that house. Um, and by putting up those two lechis, you can now carry darin. So, So somebody who has um, two houses on either side of Rishus Arabim, of this highway, so he puts one lechi, um, you know, uh, at the beginning of when you would enter into the area of one of the houses, and then a lechi on the other side of that house. Or you could put a crossbeam from house to house, again, when you would begin passing through that area, as well as when you leave. Now you can carry whatever you want in the middle. To which the Rabbanu responded to Rebuda, and they said, you can't do that. You can't make a, a, an Eruv in Rosh Hashanah. You can't do anything to Mamish or Rosh Hashanah to enable you to carry over there. 
So we see that you cannot do anything to enable carrying in Rishus, in Samyas Mamash Rishus Arabim. Vichitema mi arva mi arva. But maybe you'll say that no, what the Chachamim are saying to Rabbi Yudah, they're not saying that it's impossible to, there's no possible way to be able to carry in Rishus Arabim. No, that is not what the Chachamim are saying. Maybe the Chachamim are just saying to Rabbi Yudah, you can't just put up a lechi on either side of one of the houses and, thinks that, and think that that's enough. No way, no how. Maybe you have to do like, at least like Beis Hillel, and put up a door. So you can make a Erev, you just can't do it with two lechis. Let's read that again. But Rabbi Babachana said the name of Rabbi Yochanan that when it comes to Yerushalayim, if not for the fact, so, um, so the, so what they're assuming is that Jerusalem had a, uh, main Rishusarabim thoroughfare that went straight through the city. However, an additional feature of Yerushalayim was that there were these big bulky gates on either end of the thoroughfare. And therefore, and, and, and they would close those gates every night. And because they would mamish close those gates every night and enclose the entire Jerusalem, that is what allows you to carry in there on Shabbos, or at least to be able to make an Erev to be able to carry in there on Shabbos. Right? So we see that in order to make a, a, a to be able to carry, you can't just put up a lechi or a korah, and you uh, can't even just put up one door and a lechi and a korah. You mamush would have to close it and make it an enclosed area to enable you to be able to, you know, uh, make, make an Erev and then carry. Right, so Yerushalayim ilmaleh dal sosan in alos balayla. If not for the fact that Jerusalem, they actually mamish close the gates every night. Chayavna leah mishum rishusarabim. Well, then if you would carry there on Shabbos, you'd be chayav for carrying in rishusarabim because then you wouldn't be able to do anything to be able to carry there. The only reason you can carry in Yerushalayim is because they mamish close it off. Ve'amar ula and says ula hani avule de mechosa that in the city of mechosa they also had these gates. If not for the fact that they locked these gates or they closed these gates, so we see that you can't do anything to be able to carry Nushasarabim. So how could it be that back to our case where we said, what's the, how can you carry Nushasarabim? How can you make an air of Nushasarabim? Tanakama said, oh, easy, just put up a Tzuras a Pesach on one end and a Lechi and a Korah on the other end, right? Then Hanani quoted a Machlos uh, Beshami Basil, where Basil, of course, we Paskin like said that, um, oh yeah, just put up a door on one end and then a Lechi and a Korah on the other end. But that won't work. When it comes to Rishus Rabim, you can't carry there. If you want to be able to carry, as we saw by Yerushalayim and by Machlosu, you mamish have to close, close off the city. Omar Rav Yehuda, so says Rav Yehuda, Hachi Ka'amar. Now friends, listen up. This is what the Machlokas between the Tanakama and Chananya is about. Ketzad me'arvin mivo'os ha'mifulashin. This is a new concept. By a mavoy ha'mifulash, by an open mavoy, right? So let's say, take our regular mavoy, turn off of Main Street into an alleyway. But in this mavoy, it's not a dead-end mavoy. You can walk straight through to the other end of the mavoy and go out to a different Main Street. Let's call it Main Street 3. Because Main Street 1 and Main Street 2 were perpendicular. But let's say you can walk straight through the Mavoy. Not, not, not an L-shaped Mavoy you'd make a left. But let's say you walk straight through the Mavoy from Main Street 1 to Main Street 3. That they're parallel. Okay? So that's a Mavoy Amifulosh. And says of Yehuda, Machlokas between Tanakam and Hananya is about what can you do to be able to carry in a Mavoy Amifulosh. Not a Rishus HaRabim, a Mavoy HaMefulosh. Ketzen Ma'arvin Mavos HaMefulashin The Rishus HaRabim, right? A Mavoy that's open to Rishus HaRabim on both ends. Osetsu HaSapesach Mikan Velechi Vikor Mikan. So the Tanakhama says, on one end of the Mavoy, you would put up a Tzur HaSapesach. And on the other end of the Mavoy, then you just need the, the, the traditional Lechi or Korah. Itmar you know, and then, of course, Hanania, meaning he was just giving you a taste. And then, of course, Hanania would disagree and say that 
you know, you, you quoted Machlozim Beisham and Basil. Beisham would say you'd have to put up Mamash a door at both ends and close it behind you. Basil would say that just a door on one end and a lechi or a core on the other end. Itmar Rav Amar Yochsa Kitanakame, Ushmul Amar Alacha Kichananya. So it was stated that Rav says that the Alacha is like the Tanakama, that in a Mavoya Mefulash, you put up a Tzuras Pesach on one end and a lechi or a kor on the other. And Shmuel says that the Alacha is like Chananya, that meaning and therefore, like Beis Hillel, that uh, you would put a door on one end and then a lechi or a kor on the other end. Ibayalehu, they ask Akasha. The Chananya alivu the Beis Hillel tzarech l'nol o ein tzarech l'nol. We saw that Beis Shammai's opinion is that you would have to put a door at either end of the Mavoyam Fulash and keep it closed. And when you leave, you have to close it behind you. Beis Hillel said that you put a... Um, door on one end and the other end has a lechi or a kora but he doesn't say if you have to make sure that the door is closed at all times so the Gemara wants to know according to Beis Hillel do you have to make sure that the door is closed all the time or can it just be open does it have to exist but it can be open so Yehuda says in the name of Shmuel that you don't have to lock the door you don't have to close the door Rav Masna also says in the name of Shmuel that you don't need to close it. There those who say that Rav Masna said not, it's not just simply that Rav Masna said in the name of, of Shmuel that you don't need to close it, but he actually says, there was actually a story, an incident, and Shmuel told me, we don't need to close the gate. So in a Mavoyam Fulash, it's enough just to have the gate according, uh, the door according to Basil, but you don't necessarily have to close it. They asked Rav Anon, do you need to close the gate or not? So he said, come and see. The gates of Narda, they are mamish covered halfway up their height in dirt. Meaning, they were so entrenched in dirt that even if you wanted to close them, you could not. And still, Rav, and still Shmuel would, you know, walk around over there and not say anything. So we see that according, and Shmuel, of course, held like Hananiah, right? We said Rav held like the Tanakhama, Shmuel held like Hananiah. And by holding like Hananiah, of course, you hold like Basilel, not like Beshamai. And so we, and Shmuel didn't seem to have an issue with the fact that you couldn't actually close these gates. So it seems that according to Basil, you have to have the door to the Mavoyim Mefulash, but it doesn't have to be closed per se. Hanach Megu, um, fine. Amr of Kahana, Hanach Megufo Savoy. So if Kahana responds to Rav Anan, it says, you can't necessarily prove from that story that, um, you know, that right, right, from the fact that the gates of Narda were so covered in dirt and nonetheless Shmuel would walk around over there. That's not a proof because actually they were covered in dirt, but they got stuck in a position where they were like mostly closed anyways. So you can kind of theoretically consider it like it's closed. So therefore, Mavkan is not saying that they necessarily have to be closed. He's just saying that you can't necessarily prove from there that they don't have to be closed. Kiasayur of Nachman, when Rav Nachman came to town, when Rav Nachman came to Narda, now Rav Nachman, I think lived in Narda, didn't he? I think Rav Nachman lived in Narda. Uh, he, well, he was also a student of both Rav and Shmuel, as we saw on Shabbos Daf and an Aleph and Aleph, I believe. So Rav Nachman, so Kiyosu Rav Nachman, Omer, Afrayu. So when Rav Nachman rolled into town, he said, "Clear away the dirt from these doors." Rav Nachman So does that imply that according to Rav Nachman, you have to lock the doors? You have to close the doors? No, he doesn't say that you have to close the doors, but you have to at least be able to close the doors, right? Once you're able to close the doors, well then you don't necessarily have to have to close them, but you have to at least have the option to be able to close them. There was a certain um, crooked mavui um, um, that they had in Narda. So we saw a crooked mavui earlier that was an L shape. This was a shtickle fancier. It was a chet shape. So you can mamish, you know, on Main Street 1 on the bottom Darton, you can mamish turn into the Mavoy, walk all the way to the end, make a left into the next part of the Mavoy, and then make another left 
to go into the third part of the Mavoy and come right back out on the same Main Street one. So it was, it was, it was the shape of a letter Chet. Now, we saw the Machloket earlier between Shmuel and Rav, where Rav considered these different sections to each be a Mavoy Amifulash. Shmuel considered these sections to each be a Mavoy Sasum. Look what they did over here. So there was a certain, you know, slanted mavui, uh, and it was the shape of the letter Chet. And they applied to this mavui the stringencies of Rav and the stringencies of Shmuel. Right? The stringencies of Rav in that they treated it as a mavui hamefulash, which means that you wouldn't simply be able to just put a lechi at each of the two entrances from Rosh Rabin. And you would also have to put a tzuras a pesach at the end of it. But then they also took the chumras of uh, Shmuel, which is that when it comes to a mavoyam afulash, it's not enough, right? He passes like Hananya, who says that it's not enough to just put a tzuras a pesach like the Tanakama, rather, you have to mamish put a door over there. So they took the chumras, so meaning, whereas according to Shmuel, when it comes to a mavoy akum, so he treats it like a mavoi sasum, in which case you don't, you don't, you know, it's not a mavoi mafulash, you don't have to worry about this tzuras a pesach or doorway thing. Right? But they, they were machmir like Rav to consider it, to consider it a mavoi mafulash. And then, they didn't take Rav's more lenient remedy to mavoi mafulash, which is to put up a tzuras a pesach. They then took Shmuel's more stringent opinion regarding a mavoi mafulash, which is that you mamish have to put a door dart in. So, I'm gonna read that again. There was a certain um, tilted, slanted mavoi that was in Narda. Ramu ale, and it was a letter chet. Ramu ale chumre derav chumre de shmuel, and they applied to this mavoi both the chumre derav and the chumre of shmuel. Bitzechu dulasos, and they required that at the end of uh, each of these mavois there had to be mamish doors, not just a tzuras pesach. So they applied the Chumrah of the Chumrah of Rav in saying that we have to treat these mavois like a mavoi amafulash. The Ha'amar Rav halacha ketanakama. But one second, didn't Rav say that the halacha is like the tanakama, which means that if it's a mavoi amafulash, you would only have to put a tzuras a pesach at the end. Why are they putting doors at the end? So Kishmuel. The Amr Allah Kihananya, well, because it's like Shmuel that says that Allah is like Hananya, who says that Allah is like Basil, that you have to put doors on a Mavi Amafulash. The Amr Shmuel Tirasu Kisasum, but didn't Shmuel say that when it comes to a Mavui Akum, we can treat it like a Mavui Sasum? So why do you need uh, either a Tsuras Pesach or doors Bichlal? So Kirab the Amr Tirasu Kimafulash, well, because they were Mahmi like Rab, who says that we treat uh, mavoi akum, like a mavoi hamifulash. Okay, so the people of Narda, they want it to be very, very, very machmir. Very fancy. Um yavdinan ketrei But says the Gemara, that's not really the way to do things, friends. We don't just apply all of the stringencies of everybody. You don't just say, well, let's just take the stringencies of Rab and the stringencies of Shmuel and be extra stringent. Ve'atani, we learn in a b'raisil, olam alacha kevesila. The halacha is always like Beis Hillel. Okay, now interestingly then the Brisa continues. Okay, and the Gemara is going to talk about why does, right, this Brisa seems to be contradicting itself. On the first, on the one hand we're saying the halacha is always like Beis Hillel, and then we immediately say, if you want you can do like Beis Shammai, if you want you can do like Beis Hillel. Okay, we'll get, we'll, we'll talk about that. But any, in any event, the Brisa says that if you want to do like Beis Shammai, you can do it like Beis Shammai. If you want to do like Beis Hillel, you can do it like Beis Hillel. If you decide that you want to do like both the kulas of Beishamai, the leniencies of Beishamai, and the leniencies of Beishila, well then you're a wicked person, you're a Rasha. And if you want to take the opposite extreme and say you're just going to be, you know, do the, the, the strict ruling, the strict rulings of Beishamai, the strict rulings of Beishila, which everyone is stricter, you're going to do. All of about him, the Pasuk says in Koelis, that the fool walks in darkness. Rather, if you want to do like Beishamai, give out. But do, go, you know, jump, jump in. You know, go all in. 
Do like the Chomers, do like the Kulas. If you want to do like Beis Hillel, amazing. But also, do like the Kulas, do like the Chomers. Don't just take both the Kulas of Beis and Beis or the Chomers of Beis and Beis Right? So, therefore, the question is, how come in the Arda, they decided they were going to take the stricter teaching of Rav, the stricter ruling of Rav, and the stricter ruling of Shmuel, to say that by this Mavri Akum, we're going to treat it like a Mavri and a Fulash, and then also fix that Mavri by a Mavri by Mamish putting in a doorway. The Chumrah of Rav and the Chumrah of Shmuel. Now the Gemara gets sidetracked for a minute to get back to that original question that we asked a minute ago, which is, why did the Brisa start off by saying that we always passing like Beis Hillel, and then it said, if you want to passing like Beis Shammai, that's fine. If you want to passing like Beis Hillel, that's fine. But just choose one of them and go with them the whole way. So Agufa Kasha, this is inherently contradictory. Omar, the Olam Alacha Kebeisila. On the one hand, you said that the Alacha is always like Beisila. The other Omar, but then you said, Oh, you want to do like Beisila? Okay, no problem. Didn't you just say that the Alacha is like Beisila all the time? Lo Kasha kan kodem basko, kan lacher basko. So before the voice came out of heaven and said that we always pass in like Beis so then if you want to do like Beis no problem. But once the voice came out of heaven and said that we always pass in like Beis well then you got to go like Beis And that's the, that's the um, ratio where it says that we always pass in like Beis Hillel. Or you could say that the entire Bryce is talking about after the voice came out of heaven and said that we always pass in like Beis Hillel. So why does the Seifa say that you can pass in like Beis Shammai? Rabbi Yoshua, that is the opinion of Rabbi Yoshua. Rabbi Yoshua says we don't pay attention, we don't heed to Basko. Baskos are cool, but, 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 but that doesn't have a bearing on Halacha. And therefore, even though a voice came out of heaven and said that we pass in like Beis Hillel, that's really cool. It must have been really cool. But, um, the fact of the matter is, that doesn't have any nafkamin as la'alacha. And therefore, you can still pass in like Beishama if you want to, according to Rabbi Yoshua. Or if you want, I will say, this is what the Brisa is saying. That it's not saying that you're allowed to pass in like Beis Hillel or Beishama, whoever you want. No. After all, we have the Basko that says that we pass in like Beis Hillel. Rather, what the Brisa is saying is that that whenever you have two Tanaim or two Amoraim who argue with each other, just like Beishama and Beishilo argue each other, right? Meaning in the same way that Beishama and Beishilo argue with each other. So whenever you have, you know, whatever it is, two Tanaim, two Amoraim who argue on each other. Don't just do like the Kulas of this one and the Kulas of that one. Or not, don't just accept upon yourself the stringencies of both of them. Rather, choose a side, choose your guy, and then go like him throughout. That means accept upon yourself his stringencies, accept upon yourself his leniencies. Um, but don't kind of pick and choose, even if it's to be more strict. Don't pick and choose. Rather, choose a side and go with them. Um, Friends, we'll stop here, uh, even though it's a shtickle in the middle, but we're already like a few lines into Daf Zion, so, and it doesn't really end until about two-thirds of the way through Daf, through Amud Zion, so we'll stop here. Let us review what we learned. So the Daf began with a discussion about a bre- breaches in the walls of a Mavui. So we saw Machlogs between Rav Hanan, Barava, and Rav Huna, arguing about what Rav's opinion is. Rav Hanan Bairava said that his opinion is that a breach is considered a breach only when it's more, in a mavoi, only when it's more than 10 amos. And Rav Huna says that it's already considered a breach when it's four tfachim. Now, we then kind of massaged this machlokes and came to some realizations which are that when it's a place where lots of people are walking through, such as in this L-shaped mavoi, where you have lots of people walking there, well then, even if the breach is for Tfachim, it would already be considered um, a breach, and that's why in the Mavui um, Akum, it's considered a Mavui Amafulash, according to Rav. Now, if it's a place where people don't really walk there, maybe because there's lots of trash over there, and there's a breach over there in the wall of the Mavui, and not only is there a breach in the wall of the Mavui, but you know there's still like three or four Tfachim worth of stones, so you're kind of going to have to hop over some, some uh, um, what are those words? What's that word? Um, mm, obstacles. 
Well, then um, even Rav Huna admits that as long as the breach is 10 amos or less, um, you know, your, your mavu will be intact. Where Rav Hanan Barava and Rav Huna argue, it is in a place where people don't usually walk there. But if you do trek out there, you would be able to walk right into the Mavoi. There, Rav Hanan Barava says, still, the breach would have to be more than 10 amos to be significant. Rav Huna says, no, fourth Fahim is enough. Then we talked about Mavi Amafulash, which is the first time that we really um, uh, interacted with a Mavi Amafulash. And we said that a Mavi Amafulash, which is a Mavi that is open on both ends, right? It's kind of, you have two parallel Roshus Arabims, and you can walk straight through the Mavi to get from one to the other. So how can you carry in there if you want to carry in there? So the Tanakama says that, well, you just make a Tzura Sapesach on one end. Then on the other end, you put either a Lechi or a Korah. Um, and Hananya, was there actually a diagram of that? Um, whatever it is. Hananya says that uh, it's a machlogs between Beis Shammai and Beis Hillel. Beis Shammai says they have to mamish put a door on both ends of the Mavayam Mufulash. And when you go in and out, you mamish have to keep it closed. Beis Hillel says you put a door on one end and then the other end can have either a Lechi or a Korah. Um, and we say that, okay, and then there was a discussion do you actually have to close this door? And the, it's, the assumption seems to be no. You have to have a door, but you don't necessarily have to close it. Rav passes like the Tanakama, that all you need is a uh, Tzuras Pesach. Shmuel passes like Hananya, which obviously we would pass like Hila, which is that you need to have a um, door over there. And both Rav and Shmuel agree that on the second side, you would have to have either a Lechi or a Korah. And at the very end of the Gemara, we started talking about this Machlokas between, well, not, not, not Machlokas, but this uh incident in Narda where there was this chet-shaped mavoi where they adapted both the stringencies of Beis Shammai and, no, of, of, of uh, Rav and Shmuel to say that it is both a mavoi and a fulash and that in order to uh, be able to carry that, your mom have to build a door over there. And we're now uh, trying to understand how come these people adapted both chumras of uh, Beis, of uh, Rav and Shmuel and we will continue with that tomorrow. Chavra, have a great day. Peace.